to Unity Worship Center. We appreciate you being here. I pray that you have enjoyed the service thus far. I am pastor, associate pastor, assistant pastor, Sonia Gross, and I am pleased that each and every one of you are here today. Keep your pastor, Lions and First Lady, in prayer as they rest and take a sabbatical for this week. And God bless. We hope and pray that he, according to his will, they'll be back next weekend to see us, or Wednesday night, definitely. So um, each of y'all, come on out. If you miss him, you can always see him here. He stand up every Wednesday and Sunday. <laughs> come on out and uh, worship with us and learn with us and learn with us. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have already done in this house today. We pray now, Father, we empty ourselves of us, Lord, and we say, Father, fill us with you, Father. Fill us with your anointing, your Holy Spirit. Let my words be your words, my thoughts be your thoughts, Father. In the name of Jesus, I bind and rebuke any hindering spirits. Father, for they have no place, they have no power and authority in this place. In the name of Jesus, they must flee. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the word that was given for this day at such a time as this. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the, all that has gone forth thus far. And we pray, Father Jesus, that you continue. Let your Holy Spirit flow from breast to breast. Let your anointing fall upon this place. Let the chains be broken. Let the mindsets be turned, Father. Let your word take root in our heart, Father, and grow and prosper. And make us into the men and women of God that we are called to be. Warriors for the kingdom. Not weepers, but warriors, Father. Not victims but victorious, Jesus, by all that is holy, by the cross, by the blood, by the resurrection. We thank you. We give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. You turn that down just a little bit. I've got a, I've got a humming I can hear when I move back. <clears throat> Today I want to talk to you, and I want to talk as only God can show me. There is no children's church today, I'm sorry. We decided to keep everybody here, so I'll try not to keep you as long, very long, hopefully. But according to the will of God, we'll do. Today I want to talk to you about the children of Israel. And I want to talk and parallel what happened to them as what we go through every day. It's an everyday journey. It's an everyday thing. And I want to start in 1 Corinthians 10. And if I could give a title to this sermon, I would call it Overthrown in the Wilderness. Overthrown in the Wilderness. We all experience wilderness, don't we? It's the time when we are alone. And I don't know about you, but every day I face wilderness. You know what? Not so much that God has forsaken me. By no means. He's still there with me. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. He says, I'll be with you, Jesus said, until the ends of time. But the wilderness is when Sonia is seeing herself in the light of God's word. And the children of Israel experience that, in my analogy today, in their wilderness and their wandering in the wilderness. And so they were taken from Egypt out of bondage, out of slavery. 
but I've heard some preachers say it took a long time in the wilderness to get Egypt out of Israel. And we struggle with that every day. We struggle with who we used to be, the things that happened to us, the things that didn't happen to us, the mindsets that it produced in us, and our reactions happen from that, from what we know. And how do you know? I have a hard time loving. Maybe because I grew up and I didn't feel very loved. I wasn't shown a love like maybe Sister Cheryl was shown. My love is not so much physical touch, but my love language is in support and nurturing. It's, you know, in verbal love, kindness. And I'm just using that as an example. You can look at your own lives and see what's happened in your past, what has made you who you are today. It doesn't own you unless you allow it. Because according to God's word in Christ Jesus, we are new creations. So all the old is past, and all things are new. But I have a choice to walk in that newness, don't I? The Holy Spirit didn't come to lead me. He came to guide me. There's a difference in the word. Guide means, here's the truth. Let me show it to you. This is a better way. Come this way, Sonia. Do this. Say this. Behave this way. The Holy Spirit doesn't throw me down chain me up and drag me that way. He simply speaks the truth to me. I still have choice. I still have the ability to refuse. Albeit, usually it's not a good thing. How many of you all heard the Holy Spirit spoke and you didn't act accordingly? Where did he get you? Where did he get you? God gave me a word one time. I failed to give it to the person in a timely manner. I saw the consequences of my delay. And it hurt my soul. Because I had failed to be as timely as God had asked me to be. Don't look at me surprised. I'm only human. I'm only flesh and blood. I'm just crazy enough to say, okay, God, you call me to do this. You call to bear my soul to them as imperfect as I am he covers me he does the same for you doesn't he oh he's a merciful God he is so merciful and he is so faithful so let's get back to 1 Corinthians 10 and I want you to look at the mindset of the Israelites coming from Egypt to the wilderness, to the promised land, as a trip that we take just about every day. Not so much that we're always being saved every day. We are being saved. I don't know about you. I have turned my life over to Christ. I've asked for forgiveness. I believed upon him. I have my faith in him. It sounds all good, but some days my faith is just a little bit not where it should be. It's that wilderness. To talk about it a little bit. It says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And that simply means that they traveled under the cloud, which was the Spirit of God. He was a light, a God, 
covering, the cloud was a covering the day in the heat of the wilderness. And it says, and they passed through the sea, meaning the Red Sea. We know about that miraculous Red Sea. He told them before they even got into it. He says, this day you will not see your enemies ever again. And they stepped out in faith. And they walked over on dry land. And when the last one passed, the Egyptians thought it would be a great idea to come after them. Isn't that just like your enemy? He's relentless in. He even sees the miracle of God. He sees the, the hand of God in your life, and he's still coming after you. John 10 and 10 says, For the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. He has nothing good planned for you. Nothing. Let's go on. It said, And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Meaning Moses was their prophet. He was the anointed leader of God at that time. And did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of the, that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not pleased, well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. I read that the other day, that just jumped out at me. Overthrown in the wilderness. That means they had something of value that was taken from them. If you are overthrown, your power has been removed, generally forcefully. Generally. I dare say some of us give it over willingly and don't even know it. This is now, these things were an example to the intent. We should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now, if you heard the word lust, and you'll hear our pastor say this many times, it does not always talk about sexual sin. You can lust after power. You can lust after food. I don't know about y'all, but I don't miss a meal. You can lust after a lot of things. definition I got, lust is a sin in both the thoughts and the actions. Jesus said it best in the New Testament when he says, you know, the Bible, we, we teach not, and I'm paraphrasing, that we're not supposed to lust after, you know, a, a woman or a man, that it's not our own. But he says, I say, if you even look at a woman, you have already sinned in your heart. Lust is just an action. It's usually a thought first that produces an action. It's a strong desire for focused, and it's focused on pleasing oneself, often without regard for the detrimental consequences. Lust. So when we're talking about all these things today, I want you to think of as lust and and. Uh, my teacher, God bless her heart, she's the ram in the bush this morning, Miss, uh, our prophet, uh, Prophetess Reed, she come out and she talked about James 1 and 14, and I want to read that just briefly, if we can run over there. She was all up in my sermon today, and I thank God for the confirmation. So James 1 and 14, let's start at 13, it says, let no man say 
drawn away of his own lust. There's that word again. And enticed. And then when the lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Now, if you remember some of the stories in the Old Testament of the wandering in the wilderness, you can see how lust, birth, sin, and sin brought death. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 6. Now these things were an example to the intent that we should not lust about after evil things, as they also lusted. And then he writes the list. He said, Neither be you idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. And neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for an example. And they are written for our admiration, upon whom the ends of the world are come. They are written as an example. So I want to kind of break them down, and let's talk about some of these things in the wilderness. When you're in a wilderness time, you're being tried. It's a time when it's just you and God, you and Christ, you and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. It's usually a time when God is working on things with you. Temptation will come, yes. It will. It's part of the process. The enemy never likes to leave an opportunity unattacked. Even if the door is just cracked, he'll find a way. He'll whisper if he can't get a footing. He'll yell from the other side. At your weakest time. When the Holy Spirit is guiding you into this truth, you know, the spirit of truth is what Jesus called him, amongst other things, the comforter. But it is a time when you're seeing yourself in the light of God, in the Word of God, and you're seeing where you just quite aren't up to par. But that's okay. Because God's revealed it to you at this very moment, and it is time now to work that process out, to take those steps in the wilderness. So that when you get to the promised land, you can put that thing into operation. And you won't only go through this once. As you grow and mature in God, this process is continual. So don't be upset about the wilderness time. Jesus had it. Paul had it. John had it. We've all been through something. Joseph had a pit. We all go through something. Peter had to walk on water through a storm. Lost his sight. <laughs> <Or did I? laughs> he lost his sight of Jesus and began to sink. But I love Peter. He cried out, Lord, save me. He didn't turn around and look at the guys in the boat. 
why would I talk to them? They're still in the boat. He looked to the one that was walking on the water with him. He looked to the only one that could make a difference. So let's look at some of these. Let's look at the intent. Lust after evil things. Well, the whole whole thing is lusting after evil things, but I want you to look at Numbers 11, and I didn't give this to our beautiful lady up in the screens because there's so many, and I just didn't want her to hop around so much. But So I'll read for you on these. Numbers 11, and we'll start at 4. And it says they were, they fell a lusting, and the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? Who remembers the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely? The cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna that you rain down on us every day before our eyes. They were a little discontent with the provision God had given them. They started longing for what was back there. Do you ever do that in your life? Do you ever remember the things that used to bring you joy before God? And all of a sudden your flesh has risen up and said, oh, don't you remember how that used to make you feel? Don't you remember how happy you were? And they were just talking about their bellies. I'm talking about a whole other thing as well. It can be all those things. It can be all those things. And God became very displeased with them. Verse 10, it says, And then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families and every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of God was kindled greatly. And Moses also was displeased. So let's go on down. Moses kind of has a moment there. If you want to read it later, you can. He's like, Lord, why have you given me the burden of all these people? Only me. God provides 70 men for him of the elders to help him with things. But if you go on down into into verse uh, 19, it says, You shall not eat one day, nor ten days, nor five days, neither ten, or two days, or ten days, or twenty days, but even a whole month until it come out your nostrils. Now this is God talking about the flesh. He's about to sin. If you look at the story, it's the quails that came in. It says, Because that you have despised the Lord which is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why came we forth out of Egypt? They were a little discontented with their situation. Have you ever been discontented with your situation? I'll be the first one to admit it. Some days I get up every morning and I say, I don't understand why, Lord. I know there is more for me to do in the kingdom, but I do not understand why I have to do this. But I'm not trusting So I'm preaching to myself, if nothing else, you all can listen. But they were wanting flesh. They were tired of eating the fresh manna, the, the food that, that God put down on the ground every day for them. And it says it tastes like fresh oil to them. To me, that's a fresh anointing every day. God, can you think about that in the spiritual? We get up every morning and, and just go out and gather up a fresh anointing. That's what you do when you get in the Word every morning before you start your day. When you get 
fresh anointing for that day. How many times have you rushed out the door and got to work or wherever you were going? And somewhere in the course of your day realized that I should I need a little anointing for this day. <laughs> How many of you are? Am I the only one that thinks that? No, uh, come on. We're only human. Israelites did it thousands of years ago. I know we're all doing it. But they were discontented with their situation. So let's go on to the next one. They were idlers. That means they were serving another God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And you know what? We can serve many gods. We can serve our jobs, our families, our husbands, our children, our pastors, our teachers, our the money. We can serve many gods. Pleasure can be our master. Exodus 32. Again, I did not give her any of these. So you'll just have to read along with me. Write them down. You can go on and read them later. And this is the scene of the golden calf. Moses has been taken up on the mountain. He's been with the Lord for many days. And they just assumed that he had died. So they go to Aaron, the other man in charge, and they said, make for us a God. Well, how would they even know that? Well, that was back in Egypt. That was what they saw before. Again, they're allowing the past to dictate their future. So they bring the jewels and they put it together and they fashion a calf and they eat and drink and play and sacrifice to this thing. This is what happens when we put our faith in anything other than God. Ain't no man, ain't no woman, and we have a pastor that will tell you straight up, I have no heaven and no hell to put you in. You better be talking to the one up above. When you call him, he says, have you prayed about it? Have you talked to God about it? And then he proceeds to discuss where you need to go in the Word to find what you're looking for. Or he prays for you that God give you that revelation. And sometimes it comes from him and sometimes it doesn't. But what are you putting your faith in? Moses what they had done before he left the mountain. And Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments and he breaks them. He's angry. <laughs> but, you know, we have the Holy Spirit living within us now. We have the Spirit that guides us. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will tell you what he hears from us, from me. It's not going to be a lie. It's not going to be contrary to the Word. His Word, His Word is true. He doesn't change. He's forever, for eternity. You know, the world will pass away, but my word will not. It will not, and it will always be in line with this. Are you serving someone else? You can serve yourself. The Bible said in the last days we'll be lovers of ourselves. And you can look at every one of these things and see self in that. Pride, lust, 
But you can't love the world and expect to love me. This world, all that's going to pass away. It's going to be gone. Sister, um, Cheryl talked greatly about where you're lying your treasures at this morning. Where are you lying your treasures at? So I want you to see how they were overthrown in the wilderness. And these were just a few of the things that begot lust, begot sin, begot death. That's where it goes. That's why every day you're going through this process. You're walking through this wilderness with God, and he's talking to you, and he's showing you these things through the Holy Spirit, through his word, through some of the things that you hear other people say, Christian people, don't sit under the counsel of the ungodly, only the godly. Every day we're walking through this because you know what? One day the promised land is there, and it may be today, it may be ten years from today, it may be five years from now, maybe a year from now, that what I went through that day in that wilderness is going to be a valid thing for me to even help. I love, love, love what Jesus told Peter. He said, after he denied him, before he even denied him, he says, and I pray for you that Satan not to you. Talking about all of them. But he said, Peter, when you come back, strengthen me, brothers. That's what it's all about. What I'm going through is not only to help me, but it's to be a light and a witness and to show the world something better. And it may be tomorrow that I, I fall back on that knowledge. It may be 10 years from now. I don't know when it's going to be, but I know that he's going to use it. There ain't nothing in my life he can't use to glorify him with if I allow him to do so. Verse 8 says, they committed fornication. In Numbers 25... They were around the Moabites, and they actually started worshiping their Baal god, who was a fertility god. You look at this, look it up. So they were in there eating sacrifices to this god and becoming part of the rituals of serving this god, which usually had, they had temple prostitutes, and that they call it uncleanliness, is what the Bible says. And it's to you might think is beneficial. And it will be just for the moment. I can look back at my life and it was just for the moment. It was good. The next morning, we're doing the walk of shame, aren't we? Sometimes it don't even last that long. Sometimes you will roll over in your life and think, oh, dear God, what have I done? And I remember being in the tub thinking, God, if I continue doing this, I'm going to die. I'm going to destroy everything that you have given me, and I am going to physically die from my choices, from my lust for other things, from trying to fill myself with everything but God. When I knew he was the only thing that I could be satisfied and have peace and joy with, but I was trading the eternal for the temporal. It don't last but a second. This joy. The verse 9 says that they tempted God or Christ. Numbers 21. Let's look at that real quick. And if you need any of these.
after church, you know, hit me up. I'll look at it and show it to you. And it says, and they journeyed from uh, 21 and 4. It says they journeyed from Horeb, Mount Horeb, by the way of the Red Sea. They go past that miracle they had seen and experienced to compress the land of Edom. And the souls of the people were much discouraged because of the way. Don't be discouraged because of the process. Don't be discouraged. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Did y'all ever feel like you're in the wilderness and you're about to die? Well, God is really trying to get your natural flesh, whatever that lust is, whatever that sin is, whatever that is not right righteousness for him, he's trying to let it die. But we are hanging on to it with all our mind, God, because we can't see where he's got anything better for us. Your vision, the lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, pride of life. It's that flesh rising up in you, and you just can't see, and you're tired of being in this wilderness, but you're praying out, and you're not letting go of what God has shown you. I don't know what yours is. It may change day to day, week to week, month to month. I know I thank God that he only opens the door one at a time and turns the light on in one room at a time. Because if he showed me all at one time, I probably would die. Because I know in myself I am not adequate. But I know that he is just one at a time. So, Numbers 21, 4 through 6. For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul longeth, loatheth this light bread. Again, what God's given them, they're not happy with. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. <laughs> Thank God. He's the God of second chances. We have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord. Now, they're talking to Moses. And he, that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Lust. Discontent. Thinking that God is not enough, and I'm going to try to find something that is enough. That's how we end up addicted to many things. Not just drugs, not just alcohol. So many things in life. We're addicted to the drama. We're addicted to the attention that the drama gives us. We can be addicted to so many things. It makes them become our God. And when you're in the wilderness, God is trying to show you these things, and He's trying to work these things out. He's giving you the power to overcome. You have that you need within you save obedience you've got to submit and walk it out the last thing in verse 10 1 Corinthians 10 it said they murmured they murmured and we're going to go to numbers 14 
voices and cried. This is verse 1. And the people wept that night, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we have died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children shall be prey? Notice they put themselves first. Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of uh, Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake, and spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search, it is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us a land which flows with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation fed stones, they were going to stone them. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will these people provoke me? How long will it be that they don't believe in me? For all the signs which I have shown them. You to see the spies had been gone. The 12 spies had gone. They had spent 40 days in the land, and they come back, and they come back with all the beauty and all the substances of the land to show the people giant stuff, milk and honey, grapes the size of people. It took two of them to carry it out, if I remember correctly. Of the 12, 10 gave a negative report. This is what this is talking about. Two gave a positive And God says, they fear. They don't believe. And they're murmuring. Sometimes we are right at the edge of the wilderness, and we walk through the process, and we see this promised land, and the enemy slips in with fear and doubt, and he steals it away. You were overthrown in the wilderness again. You were right there. It was almost yours. Was it going to make? Was it going to be work? Yes, it's going to be work. When you come to the kingdom, it's not going to be a bed of roses. You are going to have to work because I want to take everyone with me. I want you all to go to heaven. This is why the sayings that this church is not easy. It's not sugar and spice, baby. Uh-uh. It's hard. It's the meat. You've got to chew it. You've got to digest it. But it is nutrient for you and your soul. I don't want to be one of those that worked and did things on this earth or didn't do a half a good job. And here, depart from me. I never knew you. No, in the position that I am, I have great responsibility. I want to hear, well done, my good and faithful child. Come in. So murmuring and complaining. And fear 
don't know about you, but I've lived on the other side of God. <laughs> and I didn't need very much. I had no peace. I had no joy. Oh, I thought I did. The enemy whispered, oh, it's going to make you feel better if you do this, if you say that, if you walk this way, if you behave this way. But it was a fleeting moment. And I was back to the depressed. sorryful person that I was on the inside. So we talked about, and the other reference to the murmuring was uh, number 16, 1 through 35, the whole chapter. Some of the men rose up against Moses and his authority, and God swallowed him up, opened the earth and swallowed them up, and the other half he took out with fire. Read the story. of Jesus in Matthew 4. After his baptism and the Holy Spirit, the dove ascended and Jesus and God said, this is my son who I'm well pleased in. The scripture said, and he was led by the Spirit. Now he wasn't guided. He was led into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days. What do you do in the wilderness time? You draw near to God. Yes, we have to go to work every day. We have to go to school. We have to participate in life and raise our children and our grandchildren. We have to do all these things, but we've got to be intentional about spending time with God. Jesus many times will go alone and pray. So when you're in the wilderness, what do you do? You do what your Savior did. You reach out to God. You allow Him to direct your path to strengthen you. I love Paul says, you know, I, I my weaknesses. He says, because when I'm weak, I know that he is strong. He says, I'm not going to hide it from you when I'm weak. It's okay. I'm only a human. I'm only man. But I know that in my weakness, what is in me, what God has put in me, makes me strong. And I can stand against the enemy. You know, he sent the 70 out, and I think it was Luke 10, and this is even before the cross, and he gave them the power. And they come back rejoicing, and they said, Jesus, even the demons were subject to us in your name. And this is what I mean before the cross ever happened. He's walking in all authority and power now. He's given it all to us. That's part of our heritage. Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel. Baptize. Do instruct them as I have, and I will be with you to the end. It's part of our authority. You know, we have been given to write serpents and scorpions, and no thing shall hurt you. But you've got to choose to walk. I love the story of Esther. She a, was a great woman, but she come from so much heartache. She was orphaned. She was raised by a cousin, which we call an uncle. She was picked to be in the harem of the king. I'm offended by that idea. That may have been custom back then, but I don't like that idea. He wasn't even the Israelite man. She was going to be betrothed. She was given to a man that wasn't even of her nationality. And all that, she become king. She found favor and become the queen. But God had her in place for just a time like this. 
just to be the queen. Her calling was to save a nation. And her uncle even wrote her a letter and said, don't think because you're in the palace that this is not going to touch you. I'm using my own words. It is time to stand up and be who God has called you to be, Esther. She called a fast for three days. Can you imagine how she felt? You know if you present yourself before the king without being called, you can be executed on the spot. And he'd already gotten rid of one queen. Imagine what the enemy was telling her. But she gets up on that third day, fourth day. She gets up and she puts her queenly robe on and she goes and stands in the very place that could have been her last breath on earth. It was time to walk through and be in the promised land that she was called to be. She had already been through the wilderness. She had suffered heartache, disappointment. She had some good things in there too. Yes, God will never allow what we go through to be wasted. Always to strengthen the brother. Do you see that? It's to strengthen the brother. And the king counted up the scepter and gave her safe passage into his presence. What you're going through, what you're showing, being shown in the wilderness, it's not wasted. It's not too hard for you. The Bible says you'll never be tempted. Galatians 5 and 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with it, its passions and desires. I like that one. It says with its passions and appetites and desires. That's amplified, I'm sure. We already have that power in us. It is our choice to operate in it. Galatians 2 and 20. says that we were crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. By faith in the Son of God. You walk by faith in the Son of God. I don't know how many times a day I look at myself and I think, God, I'm just not able to do this. But nevertheless, at your will, at your word, as Peter I'll drop the net one more time. We've been out here all night fishing. We've caught nothing. But nevertheless, it's your word, Lord. Sometimes we need to get a nevertheless attitude. Nevertheless, at your word, Lord, I will go forward. I will keep pushing. I will keep pressing toward the mark of the call, the high call. I'm reminded of Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane before the enemy came. He took the disciples and he left a few here and he says, I'm going to go a little further. And he took Peter and James and John, who were the two, three, his three, and he took them a little further and he left them too. Because I'm telling you, every man and woman cannot go with you where you're going. Gethsemane was about a press. Even the Savior sweated blood drops of blood. He said, if this 
and by what he did here, how many times have you allowed those things to, to be your master? How many times have you gone around that mountain? <laughs> Do you know how many years they spent a year for every day that the spies was in the promised land? They were there 40 days. God said, you will wander for 40 years. And the ones that are here will not see it. He raised up a generation under Joshua who took the promised land. How many times have we allowed our authority and power, Luke 10 and 19 says, we have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, all the power of the enemy. Did it say most of it? Some of it? A few of it? No. All. This is what you have as a promise in Christ Jesus. All the power of the enemy. He can talk to you till he's blue in the face. If you assert the name of Jesus and speak to him. Now, we go back to Jesus in the wilderness. Forty days he fasted. He was hungry and then the tempter came at his weakest moments physically. And what did he say? If you will do the, if you be the son of man, change these rocks into bread. And Jesus said, It is written. He come at him with the word, the word of God. That's your sword. That's your power. I told some of you the story that happened a few months ago where I was lying in my bed and I woke up and there was this darkness in my room, a darkness that I had never seen. And I could feel that darkness. And it's like it breathed. It come alive. And I could feel what I would consider an anxiety attack or a panic attack coming over my body physically. And I stood on the Word of God. And I said, Oh no, this will not be. I will not be captured. And I took authority in the name of Jesus, by the word of Jesus, by the word of God. And I put my headset on and I started listening to some, I think it was Christian music, I don't even know. But, and, the, and it was gone. I went to sleep peacefully that night. But I was reminded recently of a dream that I had had where a very strange, tall, thin man had I could tell that I was in a bedroom because I saw a bed and a dresser. And he come to me and he told me, he says, I am coming to lock you up and bind you up. And it was in a bedroom. And I had not put the two dreams, I had not put the dream and what happened together until a few Sundays ago. And I do believe that that dream played out in my life. It was a year, year at least a year ago. It was so real that my husband, who didn't even know about the dream at the time, woke up and saw what I saw in my dream standing in our bedroom at the foot of the bed. In shock and disbelief, he closed his eyes, and then he realized what he had seen. Someone in our home, physically, something there. And he said, I got up and went after, down the hallway to find whatever it whoever it was. He didn't even know. He didn't even tell me until I confessed the, the dream to him the next day. And he told me he had seen what I had just described. 
And so I believe that dream was manifested that night. And I was bound to be a prisoner, locked away in a room, in a bedroom, afraid to come out, unable to come out. But I serve a bigger God. I serve the God. I serve a God who breaks change, who doesn't allow the enemy to rule in my life if I do not allow him. How many times have you failed to take authority? I heard a pastor teach, and he says, not only do you need to speak the word and wield your sword, but baby, you need to bind the strong man in the name of Jesus. Because the scripture says, what you bind on earth, he will bind in heaven. So just don't start wielding the word of God. I'm not saying it's not powerful, but you start taking authority. There's a difference between having power to do something and authority to make it happen. And that's where we stand. We are not to be weepers. We are called to be warriors. We are called to be warriors. This is a battle. It's a battle for your soul. It's a battle for their soul and everyone that you're connected to. We are called to be warriors for God. We're called to be lights, to draw men in. What is it that you have that I don't have? I need that peace. I need that joy. Tell me about this. I know what's going on. In your life, I had a lady tell me, I know what's going on, but how can you be so calm and have joy? And that was my opportunity to share Jesus. Because it wasn't within myself that I could do these things. Nothing within myself. Romans 8 and 37 says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Do you know the problem with that? Shame on me. 
day you wake up, it's a battle. It's a battle. Sometimes it's a battle just to put your feet on the floor. Wake up praising God. He's always nigh to those that breathe His Spirit. Get in the Word. Get a revelation. Talk to Him. This is not about just seeing things. This is about relationship with Him. He came down in the cool of the day to walk with Adam and Eve because He desired relationship. They had everything they needed in the garden. But He desired them. He still does. He desires relationship with you. He doesn't want to see you overthrown in the wilderness. He wants you to walk as the warrior that he has called you to be. Each and every one of you have a call, a high calling. It may not be to stand here in the mic and talk. It may be something that I can't even imagine. But you're touching lives every day. People are watching you every day. What's the saying? They may not read the Bible, but they're going to read you especially if you confess God. Every day you're being a witness. Every day you're being the light. When you slip up, when you make mistakes, they see it. Trust me, they see it because they are waiting and watching for it. And even how you handle that is a testimony to God, to the God you serve. I pray that this lesson has been something break the chains, to give you empowerment and authority. That's what it's for. That's what the Word's for. To take what you have eaten, feasted on now, and take it out into the world and spread it, the joy, the news. And a lot of times we don't even do that with our mouths. We do that with our actions, our words, the way we look, the way we talk, the way we hold ourselves, how we behave, especially in the worst situations. some understanding to this. Knowledge. Knowledge is power. The enemy's coming for you. He's wanting to overthrow you. He'll even wait till the very end till you're there and you can see it and you're about to touch it. And he'll bring fear and doubt. But we serve a mighty God. We serve a loving God, a faithful God. He is a just God. those pressing times, in the wilderness times, go in with prayer and fasting. Yes, fasting is part of our arsenal. Don't have time to discuss it, but it's there. And even if you're like Christ, Lord, if it be your will, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but thine. And you know what God did? He sent the angel to ministry to him there in the garden. And he got up and he walked back and he told his disciples who were sleeping because humans just can't do that. Not without God. He said, sleep on for here he comes. Which was it? And he walked out into his destiny for us. Alone. Another word.
his accusers, falsely accused, beaten, nailed to the cross. But he did it because he loved us. He loved us. As the song says, he'll never give up on you. Never. Even when you walk away, he's always there showing you little things here and there, people talking to you. Maybe you hear a song, maybe you'll see something that reminds you of something. He never gives up. If there's anyone in the house under my voice this day that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I beg you, come. Saints, this altar is always open for you to come and pray. I have nothing in my hands that I can give you, nothing other than Jesus. He has all power. Come and pray. If there's anybody that once was a child of God, you say, I'm just not living right. I've let it, I've let it slip. I've let the wilderness overthrow me. Come. He bids you come. Because he loves you. He don't want any man to perish. Any woman to perish. I bid you come. This altar is open for you. If all hearts are clear and all minds are clear, I'm going to go ahead and As far as the offering, Sister Cheryl has the bag in the back. If you have cash or check to give, we also have the machine out there that you can use your card or you can go on the website and uh, PayPal, uwc.org. There's where we're at. The cash app is dollar sign UWC Lex. You're welcome to give that way. Give into this ministry. If we have sown into your lives, give back. You're not giving to us. You're giving to God. You're furthering this ministry to others. It's another way that we are obedient to God. We have service Wednesday night. Lord willing, we'll be, Pastor will be back. Seven o'clock, please come. He always brings a mighty word, a powerful word. Come back next Sunday, Lord willing, he'll be here then. We have the morning service at 1045. We have some awesome pictures. Powerful word of God help you along the way. It's word, it's manna for your belly, for your spirit, for your soul. And then the morning service starts at 1130. All minds and hearts are clear. Don't be overthrown in the wilderness. Now that you know the enemy, you hear him, you see him. Father, we give you praise, glory and honor. We thank you for the words of God that you have given us. Open our hearts, enlarge our hearts, Father. Let it take root and grow and prosper in our lives. Let it come forth out of our mouths and bless others around us. Help us, Lord, to be the warriors that you've called us to be in this dark and dreary world, in this sin-filled world. Let us walk with your wisdom and your understanding, with your joy and peace. All the spirit.
spirit, the fruit of the spirit that is in us, Lord. Let it develop and come forth and be blessings to those. And those that don't know you, Father, let them seek us out and desire to know why we are so different. Give us your wisdom and knowledge at that time to share Jesus Christ. Keep us safe as we go through this day. We bind and rebuke illnesses, fear, doubt, the enemy in general, Lord. I pray against him in the name of Jesus. I bind and rebuke him. Keep our children safe as they go forth in their daily lives as well. Bring them back. Bring us all back to the next appointed time. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray.